Amen. Hey, in case you're wondering, um, the envelope's right here. I'm just going to have my, lo- my, my lovely wife. I can't talk. You can tell because she'll be the pregnant lady standing back there um, handing out the envelopes. So you can get those from her. Hey, uh, this is kind of weird, but I'm going to do it because um, I don't care. Well, I, I care a lot, but uh, I, I used to do this all the time, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do in a second. I used to do this all the time, and then I, I learned that it wasn't a good idea all the time, but it should be reserved for uh, certain occasions. And, and just during worship time, um, I, I can't sing or play an instrument, but I love worship to death. I'm kind of like one of those guys who always um, wanted to do it, but I can't, especially when your whole family's musicians, and I'm not. got skipped genetically there, apparently, but... Uh, I use worship time as, as kind of a different time before I preach, and, and what I mean by that is this, is that I use that time a lot of times to listen to you guys sing, and it reminds me that I don't have to say much because you're singing it, um, because you're, you're already like saying the gospel, and so um, what, what I want to do tonight is spur that on, and um, I had a whole message prepared with notes and everything, and I'm not doing it. We're going to do something totally different. Um, the message from this morning was awesome, Tom killed it. It's on the podcast. I highly encourage you to listen to it. So we're going to be one week off in Acts if you come to the um, evening service. I'm skipping our message from Acts that uh, I was supposed to do, and I'm doing, um, am I, where am I? I don't even remember. I just, I literally just was like, I'm going here. I'm preaching out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, starting there is where we're going to be tonight. Let me explain a little bit why I'm doing this. Um, there's certain times as a pastor or a preacher um, that God just lays something on your heart, like, you know what, what you have, the people don't need tonight. They need something else. And honestly, it hasn't happened to me in a couple of years since I've had that kind of just, this is where I'm going. And so that's where we're going. To, um, generally, this means we should get out of here earlier than normal, but I can't promise that, because I really have no idea where we're going or where we're ending up tonight. So um, hold on, if you got somewhere to be, sorry. Um, it's, it, it'll, it'll be fun. <sighs> Let's just read the whole thing so I remember it, and then uh, we'll talk some more about it, all right? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. I, got, I told Ryan, so it, it should uh, be up on the screen. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. We need to stop there and know what, why he's, what, what this reason is. The reason is the gospel. If you read previously to that, he's talking about the gospel. And what is the gospel? Well, the gospel, plain and simply, is this, is that man had been fallen and that we were sinful, and God hated that and loved us enough to the point where he sent his son to come live a life that we couldn't live, die in our place for our sins, and rise again, and conquer sin, Satan, and death. And when we accept him, that he, he, he imparts to us, he gives to us um, righteousness, holiness, those sorts of things to those who believe in him. And then the really cool one is you, we get to live with him forever. So that's what the reason that he's speaking of here. So, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses 
knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay. So obviously um, in Gunnison currently we're dealing with tragedy. It, 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 it's here. Um, it's just a fact of it. I, 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 and, and this is rare for me to be speaking on this because um, I, I don't know why I have this kind of level of uh, death, hurt, things like that. Don't, I, I don't tend to get very emotional over them. I, I don't know why. It's not like a good thing necessarily. Um, but I, 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 can, I, I have this weird thing where like, I just kind of stay level in those things because, um, and, and, and understand this, I wasn't always this way. Um, I remember the very first time I experienced death was I was my grandfather, who I later found out wasn't even really my father. Weird story. We won't go there. Um, but he was he was my grandfather nonetheless, and and I remember watching him pass away, and um, it was from cancer, and then the radiation. I couldn't go into the room to see him. I remember seeing that, and it just messed with me for years. Um, I, I I'd seen a lot of things like that. Um, being a pastor, I've gotten the call um, at uh, three in the morning from a, a student of mine who is breaking down crying because their father's dead. Um, I've gotten the call that there's been a car accident. Um, I've gotten the call a lot. And so I've had to work through that at a certain level. What do I do with that? What, what, what do you do with those things? Because the bottom line is it's coming for all of us. I mean, we all are going to die at some point. It's, it's just the fact of life. And, and, and the bottom line is that it's, is that it's going to happen, and, and we really have zero control of when that will be, or what that will look like, or how that will go down. Don't get me wrong, nothing more would make me happy to be an old man yelling at kids to get off my lawn someday. That's what I want to do. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I want to be that crazy old guy that all the kids are kind of scared of, but kind of like. Everybody knows that old man that I'm talking about. That, I, I want to be that guy, right? I want to do those things but I may not. And what I want to share with you tonight from this scripture is is this, is that I'm okay with that. I'm I'm okay with the fact that I may never get to yell at children to get off my lawn as an 80-year-old man. Um, There's no promise for me in, in that. And that may sound strange, but here's the news. The gospel message is Weird. Jesus is weird. He is very strange. Let's just be honest. The book ends with him showing up in a white horse in the sky. That's different. Okay? So no wonder when we tell people, yeah, I love Jesus. Like, oh, the guy who comes on the horse in the sky? Yeah, that's him. Like, oh, really? Yeah, you should try it out. Crazy, huh? Right? Or like, oh, yeah, hey, we could heal people. That'd be cool. People are like, what? Or... We, we, we believe that, um, that God's in control even when it seems like absolutely nobody is. So, here's what I want to say about that before we dive back into the scripture is my understanding is this, and this is where I, I, I've learned, and so I'm going to give you kind of the ending here. The sheer fact that I'm standing here right now 
breathing is nothing short of a miracle. Not because like I had any close encounters with death. I, I've, I've never had anything like that. It's just, um, you have to understand that the sheer fact that God ever gave me breath to begin with is a miracle. And he is good that he gave me that breath. And so if he decided to take that away from me right here, right now, it is his to do what he pleases with. And he is still good if he decides to take it away. I had a niece who, who, who lived for 16 hours. God is good that he gave her 16 hours to live. That she got to come in and bless my aunt and uncle. Do you understand that? That he is good in all things. I know that might be hard to grasp, and, and I get that, so don't take it as what I'm saying tonight as being like condescending or um unremorseful or mean or anything like that, but you, we, we need to understand that the God of the universe is good and that his desire for us is not the current pain and suffering that we live in. That it wasn't this way and it wasn't supposed to be this way. I've shared it here tons of times and I know I'm repetitive and I don't really care about that because I, I think it's so important and it's, it's been one of the most Seriously, most profound things I've ever heard said in my time as ministry was it came from a youth of mine whose dad had committed suicide and somebody told him it'll, it was, it's all God's plan and his response was it is not God's plan but God was not surprised. God's plan was never, is never for death. It was never for the house to burn down and two people to die. His plan was never for buildings in Haiti to collapse on whole families or collapse on a church where people were gathering for chapel because they're studying to become pastors to spread the gospel message through their country, which is 99.8% voodoo. That was not his plan, but he was not surprised. So what does this scripture have to do with any of this? Well, let's find out because I'm not sure right now. Let's go to um, verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. We need to understand this, that the moment our lives transition into gospel relationship, and what I mean by that is the acceptance of Jesus as who he said he was. That there is nothing short of one of the most divine miracles the world could ever see. And what it is, is, is the Holy Spirit falls on you. It falls on your heart. And, and it's already been working on you if you believe in him. And, and, and if you don't, chances are the fact that you're sitting here, he's probably working on you and you don't know it. And you're probably not even understanding what in the world is going on right now. But it falls on you, and, and, and it's wild because the Holy Spirit gives strength that we can't comprehend. Um, one of the questions I get asked frequently as a pastor is, how did Jesus do it? How did he do it? How, how did he live this life that was perfect? How did he live sinless? Well, the Bible is very clear in this. It says that he lived a sinless life by the power of the Holy Spirit, that he depended on the Holy Spirit to give him strength. Listen, we need to get this conception out of our head that Jesus walked around like some dude who could just do whatever he wanted. Um, just contemplate this for a minute. He came 
as a man. That's how we always say it, right? Well, he ought to become a man, he had to be a baby at some point. God of the universe sitting on his throne in heaven, right? Ruling over everything, who created everything, decides that he's going to humble himself and become an infant where he is dependent on somebody else to feed him so that he can live. The God of the universe is saying, I'm going to be that dependent on somebody. I'm God, the God of the universe had to have somebody change his diapers. Have you ever thought of it that way? It should just like your mind just, and you're like, what? Like, he, he created this. We see it in Genesis 1 where it says us, because it's talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're all there together. So he's in heaven sitting on his throne, and he becomes a baby who's totally dependent. And he goes through adolescence, right? You don't think he got made fun of? Come on. Nobody likes the perfect person. Right? You don't think he had acne? You don't think that he got picked on? You don't think that he didn't kick his toe on the corner of his bedroom door when he went to bed and like wanted... And, you know, like, really struggle to take the Lord's name in vain right there, right? But he's not going to do it because he's Jesus. Because he's not going to take his own name in vain. But, he, but all of this stuff, he went through it all. We need to get this through our head that he is not some distant kind of God that just walked around and had, like, this supernatural power because he was 100% man when he was here while being 100% God. Don't have time to go into that tonight. But it's cool. But he did all of that by being filled with the Holy Spirit. He did his ministry. You don't think he was terrified? You don't think that knowing the whole time that his walk to Jerusalem, like it, it's wild. If you look at the Gospels, if you look at them, how they go through the, the Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you look at, at the story, if you, if you read those you can see it, it's wild, like Jesus shows up on the scene and somebody needs to be healed, but there's a lot of people, right? He only heals like one or two of them, but he, he, he has one mission. Yes, he, he, he was there to show these things so it could spread, but he'd come in and he'd heal a few, but then he had to move on. He had to move on until he arrived where? He arrived at Jerusalem. That's where he meant, that, that was his focus. He had a singular laser focus. I need to get to Jerusalem so I can die. Can you imagine living with that weight? There is no way any just man could do that. But what's so wild about it is it says that exact same Holy Spirit indwells us and gives us strength and power that is beyond all comprehension. Some of you really need to hear that tonight. Some of you need to know that there is a strength and power that is the Holy Spirit that is God that is dwelling within you or wants to dwell within you that is saying, listen, you may not think you can do this. You may think that this is too bad. You may think that this is not, cap- you are not capable of accomplishing this, but you are because I am with you. And, and, and the Bible is very clear that it says Jesus will never forsake us or leave us. It says that we will never be tempted beyond what we can handle we need to know those promises and we need to cling on to those at times when it just seems like everywhere we look, it's just ugly. 
Let's keep reading. Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Now this is key. Right? We're rooted. That we're grounded in love. Why? Why? Well, the Bible's pretty clear on that one too. It says that we do it because he did it to us. We love because he first loved us. I mean, I'll just confess, I have deep arrogance in this area. I struggle with loving people who are weird to me. I'm sorry. Some people just are goofy to me, and I just don't get them. You may, you know, you can have your list, and I'm sure yours is more holy than mine because it probably involves like terrorists and stuff. Mine is people wearing NASCAR t-shirts. So whatever, you might be, you, you might be better than me on that level. I don't know. But what you need to understand is that I need to be rooted in this love. What kind of love am I talking about? Love that is so deep. Well, here, let's let the Bible speak for itself. The Bible says this, For this is love, not that, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us first and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. What that means is he sent his son to die for us, to divert wrath that I deserved. Not that I love God, that he loved me first. We want to follow somebody who sets a great example, don't we? That's why it drives me really insane when people look at the church and they go, oh, I can't go to church because they're all hypocrites. Well, duh. Surprise, we're humans. But we follow God who set the perfect example. It's not based off of me. It's not based off of Tom. It's not based off of our elders. It's based solely off of Jesus Christ. Okay. Verse 18. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints... What is the breadth and length and height and depth? It's talking about the gospel, how big it is. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you see a trend in this chunk of scripture? It's just this constant filling. It's this constant, like, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the fullness of God. You need to understand that God wants to fill you Fully, not partially. He doesn't want part of you. He wants the whole thing. He wants people who love him so much. And, and I have to be careful in saying this because it's very easy to look up here and look at me and go, well, this is your job. It's what you get paid to do, to sit around and read your Bible and talk about God a lot. And that's true. That's what I do most of the time. I said it last week, and I'll say it this week. Listen, pastors are some of the least important people in the scheme of this whole entire thing. We need people who live, work, go to school, all those things who are filled with the fullness of God to be in places other than here. Because if we're all here together all the time and we never leave here, and it's just you're dependent on that, on being on me or somebody else, then guess what? It doesn't go forth. 
That's the point of this whole thing, is that it goes forth. It was never meant to be kept a secret. And I, it's one of the things I just love about the Bible so much. It was never meant to really be read alone. Now, that's something we've adapted into, and it's a good thing. But it was always read in community. It was always read in group. It was always read in celebratory times. There's a great Old Testament story when the wall gets rebuilt outside of Jerusalem and Nehemiah gets the scribes and he gets them all together and they just have this huge party and people are so excited to hear the word read publicly that it be proclaimed everywhere. You need to know that the fullness of God can dwell within you. That's not just a cute thing I'm saying. But it's where we derive strength from. I mean, we could just list a, thing, a list of things that um, each of us probably derive strength from. Um, that isn't God. I, I, I do a high school service before this, and uh, I was with my high schoolers, and we were talking about Imago Dei, which means the image of God. And, and, and in the Bible it says this. It says, man is the glory of God. It, it, it talks about that we are created in his image. How different could our lives be? How much stronger could we be? How much of a better friend could we be? How much of a better boyfriend or spouse or whatever could we be if we woke up every morning understanding that I am the glory of God, not in a boastful way, but in the way that's saying he has created me in his image and my self-image is based off of him. I think we'd all live very differently. Let's keep reading. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power that is work within us, there it is again, at work within us, that, I mean, if you want something just to blow your mind for a second, you can't even ask God for enough. Like, you may think that you're asking him for power or strength or ability or, or the ability to love or the ability to bring joy or, or things that seems radical, but the bottom line is that your radicalness pales in the light of what he could do. If he would so choose to use you, but the question is, are you willing to be used? Are you willing to be filled again and again and again? Are you willing to be filled enough to the point where you're willing to overfill and pour out into your community, to your friends? Because here's the bottom line, folks, is that we're going to leave here tonight and we're going to go home and, and we're going to go wherever we go tomorrow and, and, and the world's looking for somebody. It is. It, it, it's looking for something better. And if we, as the body of Christ, are unwilling to be filled and be used and ask for things that seem so ridiculous and insane, how will they know? It's become my life work, to be honest. I, uh, I am committed to life for this. I, I, my, my wife doesn't like this idea, but um, I always joke that uh, I, I want to preach my own funeral. 
that's how much I want to do this. I want you to stand me up in, in the casket, open the door, and I'll say it, and you can just close it and lay me down, and I'll go away. I want to do this for life because it keeps me awake at night. I mean, what, what, what was I going to preach on tonight? I was going to, we were going to preach on repentance. I didn't really feel like it was the right area tonight for that. But you need to understand that where I came from to where I am now is surely an act of God. And I know that's cliche to say. I, I, I get that. I'm sure every Christian camp you went to as a kid or every church you've gone to, there's the guy who was doing drugs and, like, lightning bolt came out of the sky and knocked him off his bike and, um, you know, and God was standing there like, stop doing this. And they're like, okay. I, I, I get that you've heard that a million times, but I was as far from God as a person could be. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I hated him. I didn't like my life. Didn't like who I was. Um, all I saw was just jacked up things my whole life to that point. I mean, I had a great mother, but like just how things worked out and what I saw, this God was not good. Somehow I got saved. I don't even know how that happened. And that translated into things where, um, I don't know, um, my wife and I go to, uh, we were in Africa and I got to go to an AIDS orphanage and hold babies who um, aren't alive anymore. And I was able to come back and go, he's so good. That is different. I mean, really, I had to struggle through what, what those emotions that I was feeling and what that looked like. And I started realizing that it was a hunger to be filled with God, to search after righteousness, to know that, you know what, he, he has called me to bring joy to people's lives regardless of the situation because he, like I said at the beginning he is still good because he gave life because he is there verse 21 to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen If we understand this last verse, I think it all makes a whole lot more sense. What would I mean by that? We're giving God glory. He deserves it. He deserves it. He is well worth it. I always, uh, I, I find it interesting and, and maybe, maybe I'm speaking to some people here who just totally disagree with me on this, and that's fine. So maybe there's one person in here tonight who gets this, and I'll, I'll take that. Um, but uh, how often do I get on a plane? I, I, for whatever reason, the last couple of years I've flown a lot more. Um, I, 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 I never really touch down and go, thank you, Jesus. How many planes take off every day? In the United States, land, touchdown, land, touchdown, take off, go, do all those things. And one goes down, and we want to shake our fist at God and say, how dare you 
let that happen. While all the time I haven't praised him for all of the ones that have landed safely. It kind of flips it upside down, doesn't it? Or you ever just think of it like the sheer fact that you woke up this morning, did you go, thanks? Thank you. But then some people literally in the last couple of days didn't get to wake up and so we may shake our fists and say, how dare you? Like I said, I don't want to be insensitive to the situation. Please don't, please don't take it that way. But you need to have somebody tell you that he is good. Okay? That he is good and that his love for you is abundant. And, and listen, he is not a distant God. He is not some God that is far away. He is not some God who has never shared the emotions and the feelings that we feel when tragedy strikes. One of my, do you know what the shortest verse in the Bible is? And he wept. That's Jesus speaking. Jesus wept. So remove it from our heads that he doesn't do that. That he didn't experience pain and suffering and loss. Do you know how hard, I mean, I, I love, 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 in, in a weird way, like the kind of way that it's like, it's not, it's not pretty, but it's beautiful in, in a weird way. It is a scene when Jesus is on the cross and, uh, and, and, and he looks and he looks down and he says, um, he, he, he's talking about, um, I believe it's Peter. I hope I'm not getting that wrong right now. But he looks at his mom, Mary, and says, hey, he's your son now. He's a good man. Do you think that didn't kill him inside? Do you think when he saw people pass away or that when he walked over people who needed healing or when there was a leper that he didn't heal? That didn't break his heart. Because guess what? He saw how it was supposed to be. And one of my favorite scenes in the Bible is in Genesis, um, in, in the very beginning, when it says that God would come down in the cool of the day and take a walk with Adam and Eve. Do you not think it broke his heart when we chose to disobey him? You think it doesn't break his heart every single day when I wake up and my life basically is a smack in his face saying, I want to be God for a little while. You need to take a back seat. Trust me, he knows every emotion we could have because, well, he created them. I hope this was helpful. It's kind of random. Um... I just felt it in my heart that, that people need to hear this. And maybe it wasn't for you tonight, and that's okay. Um, it will be at some point. I guarantee it. I'll put money on it that it's coming. And I don't say that to scare you or anything like that. Just It's the reality of life. 
So I, 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 my, my prayers for us as Ryan comes forward and we're gonna do a closing song is this, is that um, if you're in here and you believe in Jesus, that you will understand that he is good in all things, as difficult as that may be at times. And listen, I'm not saying that you can't be angry at him or shout at him or just, I, haven't we all been there? You just want to do, like, it's like, man, if you were standing here, I would hit you. I don't know what that would do. Probably break my arm or something, but um, that's an okay thing, I think. But as long as it's done in the state that, listen, I, I need to wrestle through this so that I can get through to the other side and that you can fill me repeatedly. And if you're in here tonight and you have no idea what I'm talking about with this Jesus thing, and it sounds strange to you, I'm not going to tell you that it isn't, because it is. But it's the only way that I have found that just, it just blows my mind. And Listen, I don't have any eloquent words to convince you to turn your life over to Jesus. That's up to the Holy Spirit that he may fall on your heart and change you inside and out. And I pray that he will. And that you'll be weird with him and that you'll believe in the horse story and the whole nine yards. So, know that we love you. Um, we're around uh, a lot to talk. Um, I, I just, I've been getting updates on um, what we're doing actually about this whole entire thing as a church. And so I just got one from Tom, who's our lead pastor. Um, and he asked me to read this, um, so that's why I had my phone after you heard it buzzing. I apologize, but it, it's because I've been waiting to get updates. And so we're going to put all this information on the website as well, what we're doing for the family and uh, for the students who lost their house, who, who made it out. Um, we are going to be doing things. So um, I just wanted to read this to you. It's from Tom, our lead pastor. He just asked me to share it with you all. It says this, thanks to all of you who um, have a loving desire to meet the many needs for the, of the four students who were rescued from the house fire, I have been in touch with Mr. Arden Anderson with the Red Cross, who is coordinating an aid effort. To ensure our assistance is the greatest possible blessing to the fire victims, Mr. Anderson is having them make a complete list of their needs. They already have lodging arrangements. In the coming days, we will share those list, he will share those lists with me, and I will pass them all along to the Bethany family. Let's, let's meet those needs for the blessing of the people and for the glory of Jesus while waiting for the specific needs. Please pray uh, God's comfort and peace would be for all those who are suffering deeply because of this tragedy, especially the families and friends of Adam and Lucy. Keep checking back regularly with the Bethany website and Facebook page that you'll be ready to respond generously when we have the details. We will also be using email, text, and Twitter to communicate and organize the giving effort. Uh, God bless you and thank you for sharing the radical love and compassion of Jesus by living with open hearts and hands. Love, Tom. First John three seventeen. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God lo- how does God's love abide in him? So we're gonna do some stuff. I we, we're waiting to find out what we can do. But um, one thing I, I do know about this church, one of the things I love about it is um. For whatever reason, you guys respond to a need with just ridiculous open hands and hearts. Um, We saw it this last year in a widow in our church who was suffering. Um, It's now just hit, I found out this morning, um, we've given her $47,000 to pay off her debt and to save her business. So I know that we'll respond well. I don't question it. So 
pay attention to that. If, um, if you're following us on Twitter, that's a good way, but also you can check on the website. We have a Bethany fan page that you can become a fan of, and we'll have updates on there. So, like I said, I'll be around. Um, if you need prayer, if you need something, we have women who are just great godly women who would love to talk to you if you prefer talking to a woman. Um, but uh, know that we love you, and um, we expect um, things like this to make us look a whole lot like the church. So, we love you.